Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Dear Writer. Today we are recording episode 94, and it's a bit of a special episode today. We've got an interview with Joanna Penn. So welcome, Joanna. Hi. Oh, hi. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so Joanna Penn is a creative entrepreneur. I really like that description, by the way, <laughs> who writes nonfiction books for authors and is an award-nominated New York Times and USA best-selling thriller author under the name J.F. Penn. Her podcast, The Creative Pen, is an award-winning podcast which focuses on publishing wide as an indie author, uh, technological advances in the writing world, and features a variety of interviews with leaders in the writing industry. So welcome to the show, and we're super excited to have you on with us today. Oh, no, it's, it's always fun to talk about this stuff. I agree. I very much agree. And so... Um, as an introduction of what we are going to be talking about, we thought we'd discuss some of the exciting changes happening in the writing industry as technology has evolved, um, including artificial intelligence and the advances in digital narration, which I think are very interesting topics to be looking at. And I have a sort of shallow knowledge, I'm going to say, around it, but um, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say, Joanna. Mm, no worries. Well, it's a huge topic. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to get specific. <laughs> yeah. We like to, to, you know, dive in there and try and tackle the intense topics on this podcast. <laughs> so I thought to begin, uh, we discussed why we should be interested in technology's involvement in writing and why is it important? Right. Well, I mean, to me, it's like, well, the whole of society is involved with technology. So it's like the impact is a culture wide thing, not just an author thing. So whatever career you have, you are going to be using technology. And if we're talking about artificial intelligence sort of tools in particular, anyone listening, all of us use Google, we use Facebook. TikTok, whatever social media you want to choose, uh, Amazon, mm -hmm. Netflix, Spotify, you know, all of these services are AI powered. I mean, even if you're using sat nav in your car, if you're, you know, you get in your car and you put in a destination, you're, all of these things are AI powered. And that's just the life side of things. And depending on what career you're in, you're going to be using various tools within your career. So yeah, I mean, humans use tools and writers have always used tools. So there are very few people who are going to be sort of tapping out stone blocks <laughs> with a chisel, <laughs> which is, you know, what the sort of Sumerians would have used. And there are very few people who'll be handwriting with a quill. Uh, some people may still be writing by hand. Some people still do whole manuscripts by hand, but they're often older writers. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, most of us will be using tools like uh, typing on a laptop or dictating into your phone and then probably using software like Scrivener, for example, um, and then editing tools like Pro Writing Aid, which is AI powered. And of course, we, you know, I know you guys do and I do, we publish using 
AI powered tools. So we publish on Amazon, which, uh, sorry to uh, disappoint people, there are not little, little um, gremlins sitting there sending out emails with recommendations to people. It's all AI powered. <laughs> so we already take advantage of AI powered tools. You know, maybe we use Facebook ads or we use Amazon advertising, or we, we certainly use the internet. We're using it right now to do this interview. And so, and then social media is obviously completely AI powered. TikTok is the most <laughs> AI algorithm of, of ever, ever. And so it's just it's becoming increasingly part of our lives. And so why not think about the tools we can use in writing, especially because for like my brother's a photographer, you know, photographers have had tools like Photoshop for years. Um, mm-hmm. Musicians have had lots of tools and visual graphic designers uh, have had tools and we're the ones who haven't really had so many tools so I'm and I think that's because most writers don't want to spend much money (laughs) 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 quite deep but I also think we've probably some of the most resistant people to technology but yeah it's about time basically well I think in the creative world we may be some of the most resistant because I do think people get like this idea of when they're first entering like the idea of oh I'm gonna write a book they get this sort of vision in their mind of sitting down with maybe a pen in hand or you know like in and writing the you know the great novel of the time but the reality is if you're gonna have it published it's gonna go through some sort of sort of digital technology because unless you're going to like write out a billion <laughs> manuscripts and send them out like by post, it's not feasible to have people view your work unless you're using technology. So I agree that it's completely necessary and important to our profession as writers to continue to use technology and yeah, just keep an eye on where it's headed as well. I also think it's very interesting. I hadn't really thought too much about using technology and the use of technology in writing, which is a bit interesting. I work in um, corporate innovation. So we're always talking about, you know, data and AI and, you know, the future of manufacturing and the future of industry. And for some reason, my brain never made the jump (laughs) from that to writing and I guess some of I guess the flow-on effects at you know to where that could go in the future so I guess that kind of leads me to the next question which is how did you become interested in using AI as a writing tool and how do you see it being integrated with writing I guess now I guess within the current state of AI and sort of with a more future focused view Mm. so in terms of being interested, back in 2016, I, you know, I, I monitor a lot of the news, I read a lot of tech blogs, and I saw that DeepMind, which is now owned by Google at the time, it wasn't uh, DeepMind's AlphaGo, which is a AI tool, beat Lee Sedol, who was the world champion at the game of Go, the Chinese game of Go. I think Lee Sedol's Korean, but the, the, this is an ancient game that humans have played for a very you know for forever and one of the winning moves was discussed as a creative move and what happened with the way that AlphaGo played was that it has changed the game of Go and what it's done is pushed forward a game that hadn't fundamentally changed for thousands of years and so there was this explosion of discussion over what is creativity and also what humans can do 
alongside tools like this. And then DeepMind have gone on to do incredible things like their protein folding AI has is basically revolutionizing biology. So I want to make this very clear that AI in writing is the most insignificant part of what AI is doing in our culture. We've got to be very clear on that. It is you know, potentially going to change our healthcare systems. It could be the answer to understanding how we can fix climate change, because let's face it, humans are not doing a great job. <laughs> so while some people are very negative about it, I am very positive about it. I'm with uh, Kevin Kelly, who's a you know fantastic writer, and he talks about 51%, 51% of humans and 51% of our decisions are on the side of good. And that's going to get us <laughs> eventually <laughs> to somewhere positive. So you don't have to think, oh, it's like, uh, I mean, we could, yes, we could destroy civilization, but I'm pretty happy with the way it's going. But anyway, so that's how I got into it was why was this move creative and how did humans not come up with this thing? And then I started to look at the movement for visual art. So visual artists have been using AI and also music. Musicians have been using AI. Then uh, a company called OpenAI released GPT-2 and GPT-3 which are these language models that if you think about autocomplete many of us use autocomplete in your gmail or your microsoft word and it's like autocomplete on steroids and you know you type in something and then you hit enter and it will come up with some other things and so yeah i started getting into that how that might be useful for writers so realistically over the last sort of 5 6 years things have been improving the language models have been getting bigger and yeah as I said I've spoken to a lot of people on my podcast who are already using AI for people who work in the games industry in fact an interview with a New Zealander about gaming and he's like yeah we've been using AI for years like (laughs) you guys talk about it like this is a new thing it is not a new thing so then Microsoft uh, so anyone who uses Microsoft Word that actually has now got GPT-3 incorporated into it because Microsoft has a license for that open AI software. If you use ProWritingAid, that is also uses the same thing to help you with your edits. And I mean, I can't believe we managed without ProWritingAid. Do you guys use ProWritingAid or Grammarly or something like that? I think Ashley has Grammarly. Yes, I use Grammarly. Yeah, so Grammarly's similar. Pro Writing Aid, I think, is much better for novels. I feel Grammarly is quite non-fictiony, but Pro Writing Aid for fiction is amazing and it integrates with Scrivener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so essentially, as I mentioned before, we're already AI-assisted as authors with some of the tools that are available. And I guess what we have to choose is how we're going to use it in the future. Are we going to become more like photographers who if you I mean if you don't use Photoshop as a photographer or similar software then you're making a statement about not using Photoshop (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah so I feel like there's lots of ways but and some people are now making a stand and saying oh I'm not going to publish on Amazon I'm not going to use Facebook I'm not going to use these tools but I don't know you have to decide how do you want to do things I think uh, if you're not using tools, you're going to to struggle. And in fact, you mentioned mm-hmm. data, Ashley. I was reading yes. reading some of this trial at the moment as we record this. The Department of Justice in the US is, is up against Penguin Random House about the um, purchase of Simon & Schuster. And one of the things they were talking about is how much they use data in purchasing decisions. So it's in the entire industry. <laughs> you can't, you cannot escape this stuff. I mean, many indie authors who hit the chart, you know, hit the top of the charts, get 
publishing deals. TikTok stars get publishing deals. So people, authors are taking advantage of these tools. And it just confuses me when people make a fuss about one particular thing when they are happy to use it in the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. I think people don't realize how deeply entrenched it is because even as you were talking about that, I was like, oh, you know, I I didn't ha- never really thought about it being like integrated with Word, like Microsoft Word and integrated with like all these other tools that we use, but it 100% is and definitely like using data to make decisions on like a financial basis of like how to move forward and what the risk analysis kind of thing it definitely makes sense. Like people have been doing that for yonks. <laughs> um, but so, you know, when you sort of assess the many ways that we use AI technology, you're like, yeah, it's not so out there. It's been there for forever, really. It's just that it's evolving at the moment and it's coming to light a little bit more in terms of how else we can use it, I guess. So I understand that you wrote one of your recent thrillers with the help of AI, and I was really curious as to how your experience was as a writer using it for like the first time alongside sort of writing a novel. And what did you feel the benefits were, and were there any difficulties that you encountered with it? Yeah, well, I I think the way you frame the question is a a misunderstanding of what these tools are. Um, It's the same as, you know, it's like, do you use a thesaurus, for example? Most writers use a thesaurus and I use, uh, I use pseudo-write, so S-U-D-O, write, and it's like an extended thesaurus. So it's not like there's an easy button that says, here, click this, AI will write novel for you, Um, or (laughs) click this and it will generate all these plots for you or I mean there are things like that but and you can use it to generate text but that's not how I use it okay so where how I use it is if I type abandoned cabin in the woods what I can then do is there's uh, within PseudoWrite, there's a button called describe. And what it can give me is descriptions of sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, and metaphorical options. So you might have eight or nine different little paragraphs that will help you expand that abandoned cabin in the woods so for example I definitely you know when we're writers we need sensory detail from the character's point of view in order to bring our story alive right I don't just say I walked into the abandoned cabin in the woods (laughs) I, I need to bring that alive in some way now I am primarily a visual writer so I see things in my head and that and I write down what I see. So I do actually have an idea of that abandoned cabin in the woods. So I can write a description of it visually, but I am really bad at smell. I'm terrible at smell. Like I also I lost my smell with COVID and never really got it back. So <laughs> it's even got worse. And I'm also not very good with sound because I'm I wear noise cancelling headphones a lot of the time. I like the quiet. So I find those really help me. Uh, So it might say something like, you know, I crunched through autumn leaves on the way to the abandoned cabin. And that gives you suddenly that gives you a sense of sound, but it also gives you a sense of, oh, is it autumn? And that might spark in my mind a question of, 
is it autumn? And if I'm writing about an abandoned cabin in the woods, then it's probably something gothic or horror-y. So it probably is winter. I mean, it's not some happy summer's day if you've got a book with this abandoned cabin, unless it's a romance where you're going for your, to, to meet on a tryst or something. So what you can see already is even just by giving me that. And then it might, um, the metaphorical stuff, I always find fascinating because it will come up with just completely random stuff, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that's and I think I mean you guys co-write and what I think is it can be like a creative co-pilot or a co-writer so I imagine when you're co-writing one of you will write something or say something and the other one will say well what if what if this or what if we take it in this direction and this is how I feel like the tool works for me which is I'm like oh do you know I didn't even think about that that's awesome so uh, I'll carry on with that and then a bit later on I might put something else into it and it will come up with something else so I basically use it as a expanded thesaurus as a creative co-pilot that kind of thing I don't use it to generate paragraphs of text although I can see that happening in the future but only because I am the creative director. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is really important. You can't, it's same as with a photographer, right? We understand how Photoshop works. Photoshop does not just generate an image. You put something into it and you play with the settings to generate what you want with your creative vision. And I feel like this is exactly what our AI writing tools are, is you are the creator, you have the creative vision, you input something, and then it, what it outputs, you then curate and you know d- decide on yeah. what you want. And that is a skill. The skill is in the curation, it's in the prompting, it's in the direction. Yeah, do you see what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I knew that you have to like be very specific about the the prompts that you would give an AI anyways, in order to be able to come out with something that's usable and workable. But yeah, like that makes total sense that there's kind of like a spectrum on how heavily that you might use it. And at the moment, you know, it's more leaning towards well, at least for your process, you know, that it's leaning more towards a thesaurus and aid. I can see it like being used more in the future as well. But then I agree that you are the creative pilot and you're going to edit everything that comes out of it anyways, even if you were to get full sentences, that it's not going to be just like plonked in there because who's going to want to read, you know, full text of AI that doesn't join with the story if that makes sense yeah exactly and I think that's why a lot of people's resistance is because they think it's a click here and output a novel but then I mean even if it was that and maybe it will be that in a decade's time right Uh, and I actually I think traditional publishers like if you're a a harlequin writer (laughs) I mean and harlequin have a very specific structure if there are specific structures and specific training data then I feel like in a decade's time you probably can click a button and output a book but that's not the point the point is you can scrape a ton of stuff off the internet you can pay a ghostwriter to write a book and stick it up on online but that's not why we're writers and so I feel like we have to come back to why we create and why we write and I'm a writer I'm not someone who's just going to click a button and 
generate a book and publish that. That's not why, why I'm doing this. I'm actually doing this to explore my ideas and make my ideas richer. And like I said, the way I use this, it makes me think. And we do this because we like thinking. <laughs> We like figuring things out and we like making stuff up. And yeah, so it's, I have more fun, like I giggle to myself and I have fun when I use pseudo write like next to me as I'm doing it, as I hope it would be with you guys as, as co-writers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see that, you know, we do bounce ideas back and forth and I can see like it would, you know, generate some interesting things. Like I remember for a while we were, um, trying to get dictation for our podcast and occasionally especially with the New Zealand accent it's really terrible yeah <laughs> New Zealand yeah. is is really bad yeah I mean I I find with two different accents as well so if I have because I have it for for my show if it's me and let's say someone with a a British Indian accent it would just be terrible <laughs> but American American men tends to work for <laughs> yes I find it it's interesting the the things it comes up with though and it gives you uh, some really really good laughs. Yeah, and it's fun, you know, it's like having a little bonkers child kind of <laughs> next to you. What I also did want to mention is at the, at the moment there's a lot of stuff in the news about the the visual art generated by words. I don't know if you've seen this tools like Midjourney and Dolly are generating incredible visual art from words. So you can what and I've been using it to put in words from my novel and have the AI generate images that relate to my novels and you can use those some people are looking at using them as uh, blog images or social media images there's discussions of how they could be used in book covers and and there's also AI engines for advertising text for making videos so what I want us to think is that these tools are getting better in all areas and Mm -hmm. what we have to think is okay to leverage I mean you guys too you want a career as a a writer the job is not just writing (laughs) the the job is also marketing the job is running your business and so all of these tools help in different areas so that's what we've got to think it's like look okay how do I use the, the best tools to help the career I want and uh, make it a fun one. Yes. So I think you've given, hopefully given our listeners a really great flavor about, um, you know, just touching on how AI can help writers work on their novels. But you also have a course on AI, which people might be able to find out a bit more information about, or if they're interested in learning more about AI, would you like to give us a little bit uh you know a little bit more about that uh yeah well first of all there's loads of free resources and interviews so uh, my podcast the creative pen podcast or i've got a link with everything on at thecreativepen.com forward slash future so there's loads of stuff there about ai writing blockchain all kinds of you know nfts web3 what is coming basically and my course is called the ai assisted author and that's at thecreativepen.com forward slash learn and that goes into yes writing poetry fiction non fiction, marketing copy, images, uh, audio, video, and also the problems, bias and copyright and all of those things. So it's quite comprehensive, but it's it's about becoming an AI-assisted author, um, which is how I like to think about it. I do like that terminology, AI-assisted. 
Yeah, and we, as I said, we already are. So this is just, it's mm-hmm. just a sliding scale of how much you want to be and having an attitude of curiosity. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, we've had a good sort of discussion about the basics of it. I'm sure we could go on forever talking about it because it's so interesting. But um, another hot topic that's kind of moving in interesting directions lately is digital narration. And so I did want to touch on that as well. Where do you see digital narration fitting in the current marketplace and how might the average author make use of digital narration? Yeah, so basically in terms of audiobooks, so digital narration for audiobooks specifically, because of course, digital narration, if you think of AI voices, is uh, and is everywhere as well. It's in your phone, it's in your car, <laughs> it's in your smart assistant, whatever you have. Um, so, and then podcasting as well. There's a, um, a lot of articles now. If you go on a blog, there'll be a button that says play this or whatever. And so AI voices for content in general and digital narration for content is, is everywhere. But in terms of audiobooks, what we have to consider is the vast majority, um, in fact, as we record this, I've got an interview just gone live on my site from Google Play, Google Play Books, their digital narration. And they talk about something like 95% of ebooks do not have audiobooks associated with them. And what we've also got is how many languages there are in the world, how many accents there are. So why should I have to listen to an audiobook narrated by a American man? Why can't I listen to it narrated by a British woman? Or why can't you listen to it narrated by a Kiwi? Which, l- l- how many audiobooks are narrated by New Zealanders? I mean, really, I it, would be <laughs> tiny, it would be absolutely tiny. Or, you know, what about the, sort of a Caribbean English accent or an Indian English accent and that's just in English I mean what about a northern English I mean there's so many different accents within each language and so when you think about it if you think about the consumer choice so what we're used to now is if I want my assistant whether it's my Alexa or my Google assistant or my car sat nav to speak in a different accent I just choose that right so we are getting used to choosing the accent and the language of the voice we want things to speak in but with audiobooks they are stuck in this way of only one narrator per book unless it's a full full cast audio which of course is incredibly expensive so Mm -hmm. that's the first thing is that we have to think most content does not have audio associated with it and most content does not have multiple options with it so when you consider what we might want as consumers that is not available. And even in other languages, like I, uh, I was at Frankfurt Book Fair a few years ago and I heard um, a lady from Ghana and she said, we have literally no audiobooks in African languages uh, on the African subcontinent. And there's just there's just this huge missing amount of audio material so anyway that's why we need digital narration we because we can't do it with humans we just don't have the time and we don't have the bandwidth to to do that so and that it's expensive right so what I see is this uh, stratification of audio rights. So at the moment, most people are objecting to this. They're like, oh, it's going to replace humans. But I don't think it is. I think what what we should have is a change in the way publishers and authors and narrators see audio, which is that there's a human narration, which is one publishing right. If you sign a 
contract, human narration would be one thing, full cast audio would be another thing, AI narration would be another thing. So what we, like I have now different versions of my audiobook. So I narrate my own nonfiction, but I also have AI versions, which are cheaper. And yeah, the voices are amazing now. <laughs> Plus, you know, I listen to audiobooks on 1.5 speed, so it doesn't even matter. Like half the time, humans sound like robots. Um, but the, <laughs> the voices are very, very good. So right now, there are some really good options. Deep Zen is one company. Obviously, Google Playbooks, Auto Narration is another one. But what I would say in terms of the average author right now, I would say hold off we're recording this in August 2022. I would say hold off for at least six months. I mean, you can give it a go. Like if your ebook is on Google Play Books, give it a go because it's free. So why wouldn't you? And in fact, I've heard from authors who've put their entire backlist through Google Play Books and their income from Google Play Books has just shot up. So that's, I think that's very encouraging. But what's happened recently is Spotify have bought Findaway and Findaway Voices is the service that a lot of us use for independent audiobooks, uh, audiobook publishing. They also bought Sonantic, which is an AI voice company. So if you've seen Maverick, mm. um, Val Kilmer's voice in Maverick was made by this company, Sonantic. Oh, and they okay. specialize in in basically AI voices. So given that, and Spotify have basically said that they intend, they're going to take on the audiobook market. They intend to be the number one in audiobooks. So they, they're they very aggressive in their moves. And by owning Findaway and Synantic, what I would expect, and of course, I don't know this, I have no inside knowledge, but why would you buy those two companies unless you're planning to put out tools for people, for creators to make AI voice uh, offerings. Yes. So I, yeah, so I would expect in the next six months to a year that we will see a whole load of stuff coming. And I mean, I've been into this for years now and every year things get better and better and better. So yeah, I think we're going to see that. And then once that happens, Audible are going to have to offer something and given that Amazon Alexa is one of the leading AI voice offerings <laughs> they have the technology <laughs> they just haven't offered that yet yeah. so yeah I think that's uh that's some of where we are right now it sounds like there's some really like interesting stuff happening in that space and also moving quite quickly as well that also seems to be a trend these days where you know technology gets better and better, faster and faster. So it's it's quite cool to, you know, think about how quickly some of this new, I guess, well, not new, more nuanced AI technology mm. um, is coming, which is really interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, th there's, that's why I said it's more about this attitude of being aware of what's happening and sort of deciding to be curious about it as opposed to rejecting it out of hand. And thinking about, I think the other thing is this is this is happening regardless of people's attitude. So people are like, no, no, this is wrong. It's like, well, you, you have to. You you can either protest on the margins, or you can get involved and try and shape this in the direction that you want. So I've made the decision that I want to be involved in this area. And so, for example, I'm with the Alliance of Independent Authors. I'm one of the sort of AI advisors. And we do, we've done submissions to the World Intellectual Property Organization about AI. We're involved in advocating for ethical AI usage, like labeling of AI work. In the back of my books, I say, this is my AI statement of use. Now, how many authors are doing that in the world? 
very like I might even be the only person who has an AI statement of usage at the back of my novel and on my AI narration I have labels that say digital narrated this is the type of thing it's like advocate for ethical usage you you know encourage authors to continue to use these tools and make money from these tools I want narrators to to license their voices to take advantage of this technology there's so many things we can do by being involved instead of just criticizing and standing on the edge because I just can't see that this is going to stop unless there's uh, a war (laughs) and we get sort of blown back to the stone age which let's face it nobody wants (laughs) I also feel like that's the least likely option that's going to happen. So, Oh, I hope so. But you're not in Europe right now. so <laughs> That's very well. true. <laughs> I was more thinking that even if there was, I don't know that you could go back because that you just like, we just know so much now mm. that you'd rebound from it, I think. Yeah, you'd hope so. You definitely <laughs> hope so. And no, I agree. I mean, as I said, I am very positive about it. I think these things... Tools and weapons, though, you know, obviously AI is a tool and it's a weapon, but so is the internet, you know, so is, mm-hmm. like we mentioned TikTok. <laughs> it's a tool and it's a tool and a weapon. I mean, really, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy what we've been given and how we use things. I mean, even like writing, we know how powerful writing is. Exactly. It has been throughout yeah. history and you can use writing in a way that you think is is a good thing or you can use words as a weapon so yeah that's how I see these things I think it comes back to what you were saying before about like 51% good yes <laughs> let's let's stay in the side of the 51% and maybe try and edge it up to like 85 so yeah that would be great but yeah I think that really sort of starts to cover a bit of the the fears that you know commonly crop up about the advances of AI is that we really want to move towards a world where like the reason why we should be involved is because that we want to create the type of tools that we can find useful and that get us to that good place instead of just letting it spiral in whatever direction it wants to go in, you know? Mm, Yes. And also more women, more creatives, more people of color, more people who are not shaping the tech industry right now. That's what I think is important. I mean, yes, we have to be involved because it's being shaped by particular groups of people. And so our voices need to be heard. Also, um, you know, you guys are at least a decade younger than me. <laughs> so, And you have kids, right? Um, one of you. Yeah, yeah so- I yeah, there's a there's a Small baby one. around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is far more your world than it is my world, you know. I'm going to be out of here before you and certainly before your baby. So it's like we want to shape our future as much as possible. And although I saw that you are writing YA dystopian. <laughs> yes. So may, may, maybe you can write that with your fiction and then work towards the 51% or the 85% on in real life. <laughs> You're like, warning, warning, stay away from this type of future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also I did want to mention, you know, in terms of the fears I hear, particularly with AI writing, people are like, oh, but, or oh, AI voices as well. This will just flood the market with content and we'll just all be drowning in content. It's like, hey, have you seen 
the world, we're already flooded and drowning in content. I, I read this week that 20,000 books per week are published on the Kindle. 20,000 20, wow. per week. And that will only increase with more people publishing, more languages, you know. But we can never compete with that, right? But that's not what we're competing with. And I always say, like, don't try and beat the machine. Like, you can't beat the machine and you can't beat all those people writing a book a month or whatever. But even they can't beat 20,000 per week. I mean, so we have to, you know, we have to double down on being human. We have to attract an audience who resonate with our work, who, you know, want to read our books and, yeah, and just keep that attitude of of curiosity. And uh, I always say surf the wave of change ahead rather than drowning in it. Yes, I agree with that sentiment. It's much better. I mean, there's that saying of if you can't beat him, join him. I mean, <laughs> not really <laughs> talking about a world of robots exactly here, but I do think that you need to, you know, have that positive attitude of curiosity and think about how to work with something rather than like slamming your head against a hard wall that's not going to change anything, you know? Mm. So I I think we've done a really great overview of both AI as a assistant and also AI and digital voices for digital narration. Um, but I assume there's a lot more deep dive into this on your podcast, Joanna? Yes, and because it's a topic I'm really interested in. So again, go to thecreativepen.com forward slash future. There's actually also a tutorial there with me using PseudoWrite. So, um, and also pro writing aid. So you can watch me use these things and uh, that also give you an insight behind the scenes and lots of episodes and uh, videos and things. So yeah, thecreativepen.com forward slash future for, for all of that. And of course, I'm on the Creative Pen podcast, Pen with a Double N. People are interested in my show and I have lots of books. Well, we should mention <laughs> I'm also an author. <laughs> <laughs> I have lots of books out there. So yeah, Joanna Penn for my nonfiction and JF Penn for my fiction. Well, thank you very much for being on the show with us today. We've had such a great conversation and it's been a pleasure to have you on and an honor really. So thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed it. If you would like to be on an author's spotlight section, you can apply by going to lindersoncreations.com and hovering your mouse over the podcast tab in the main menu. It'll give you a drop down to be featured on Dear Writer. And next time on Dear Writer, we're going to be announcing some exciting new changes to the podcast. So make sure you tune in to hear about those. And we're also going to be talking about world building, which I'm really looking forward to, given I love setting, as we've said, I think, <laughs> multiple times on this podcast. <laughs> um, and we'll say multiple times in the next episode, likely. Probably. Yes. And so if you'd like to know more about us and our writing projects, you can visit us at the aforementioned website, lindersoncreations.com or contact us on Facebook or Instagram on Linderson Creations. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your podcast of choice. Tell your friends about us and we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone. <laughs>